comes um, and presents about the trip he uh, participated in March of 2018. I want to thank the congregation here in Killarney for your uh, support of the Gideons through the Global Church Partnership. Uh, it's very much appreciated. It, funds are enabling the international arm of the Gideons, ShareWord Global, to go into many parts of the world and distribute scriptures. Uh, we have a very uh, interesting relationship in India. I don't know if any of you have heard of the Samson Project. Uh, there is a man who started to collect names of people who wanted Bibles. And he had binders and binders and binders and God brought ShareWord Global, the Gideons in Canada, to Samson, and we've been able to provide many, many scriptures from these Bibles, or these binders, and we continue to do so. God has opened up doors in Nicaragua. For a while, the political unrest prevented us from going there. But now God has graciously opened those doors and uh, there is a great ministry opportunity uh, presenting itself there. And uh, it's through your faithful support. Uh, we notice that you have a Gideon card rack. Again, another way that we raise funds in order to print Bibles and distribute them. So again, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and uh, we... Uh, just are thankful that uh, we are able to be here and worship with you today. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a retired school teacher. And uh, when I taught grade four, I taught grade four for 15 years. And part of the studies in, in, in social studies was global communities. And for 15 years, I, I taught a unit on Kenya. And I remember saying to my wife that I want to go to Kenya sometime. I taught it 15 years, and uh, I'd like to go to Kenya sometime. And uh, about two and a half years ago, it came to my attention that the Gideons were planning a go trip to Kenya. And uh, I said to my wife, I said, this is my opportunity. So I put my name forward, and I was accepted to go on this go trip to Kenya. Uh, Ultimately, we ended up being a team of 27 people. Uh, and there was one gentleman from the United States who joined us. And uh, we were a team of 27 people, and ages 24 to 76. And uh, the 76-year-old has an interesting story. His name is Ed DeVries. And uh, about four years ago, he went on a go trip to uh, South America. And Two of his grandsons went with him. And uh, it, it was a story the Gideons like to tell about this grandpa and the two grandsons going in this go trip. Well, in our go trip, Ed was on the trip. And this time, his three sons were with him. And uh, so it was neat having a dad and three sons as a part of our team. Uh, Kenya is a beautiful country. It is a beautiful country. They have a beautiful climate. Uh, they don't know what six months of winter is like with snow. Uh, but it is a beautiful country and a very beautiful people. 
And uh, statistics show that if you were to ask the Kenya people, if you were to do a census, probably 85% of Kenyans would identify themselves as being Christian. But uh, as in so many Christian countries, sometimes that Christianity is very shallow. And uh, there are some fantastic on-fire Christians in Kenya. Believe me, they would put us to shame. Uh, we worked with some tremendous uh, Kenyan Christians whose faith and their boldness uh, was inspiring. But uh, there is a lack of depth in the, in the Christian church in Kenya and a real need for the word. And on our GO trip, we had uh, about 20,000 20, Hope magazines that we would distribute. And uh, the little rule we had was, uh, basically we were doing a street ministry, the rule we had was that we would only give out a magazine if we were able to engage with the people and pray with them. Then we would offer them the magazine. And that was no problem because 95% of the people we encountered were only too happy to hear us share our faith and they share with us, to have us pray with them, or, and then, to receive the Hope magazine. And uh, I'm just going to go through, uh, I've got some slides of uh, my, our trip to Kenya, and uh, I'm just going to quickly go through uh, my experiences in this beautiful country. Uh, this is a rural area of Kenya, the first week that we were there, I was fortunate to spend most of the time doing ministry out in the rural area. And uh, this would be a typical farming area of Kenya. And of course, the farms are very small. Uh, to me, I thought I was in the Garden of Eden so, so often. They had mango trees just loaded with mangoes. And uh, they have beautiful soil in Kenya. And... Uh, but the farms are very small, and uh, this would be much like the countryside looked like. This was uh, a part of our team, uh, part of the 27 people that formed our team. And uh, the first church we went to, my third day in Kenya, we were doing rural ministry, and it was Sunday. And this was the church that I was assigned to. Uh, it didn't look like much, and they didn't have to worry about ventilation because anywhere when you were inside the church, you could see daylight coming in through, we would call it barn boards. This was the inside of the church. Uh, in Africa, at the start of the service, you usually had a smaller number. By the end of the three-and-a-half-hour church service, the place was packed. They have less of concern of time than we have in North America. But this was the uh, church that we were ministering in that Sunday. And uh, I'm going to see if we can get some sound up.
As I said, their church services were at least three hours. Any church service I went to in Kenya was at least three hours. And uh, I actually did the message at that church, and uh, I thought a 20-minute message would be adequate. But the pastor afterwards wondered why I was so short. And he kind of gently, gently slapped my wrist that uh, I could have spoken longer. Uh, we did street ministry. Uh, this would be a small little village in the rural area we were in, and we would just walk down the streets and encounter people. Uh, this was encountering people just outside a store in Kenya. Uh, we would meet people working. Uh, this was an interesting encounter, the one with the bullock cart. Um, Kenya has challenges. And one of the challenges is drug abuse. Uh, many Kenyans are addicted to drugs. And uh, I would think these people that we encountered here were quite intoxicated. But we shared our faith, we did pray with them, and we did give them the Hope magazine. This encounter uh, with these young girls in the bottom right, uh, these girls were 14 years old. And we met them, beautiful girls. Uh, we talked with them. Uh, they shared their faith with us. We shared our faith with them. We gave them the Hope magazine. And at the end, uh, the gentleman on the right was the uh, person assigned to be, to be my translator. Uh, we asked the girls, we said, when we pray with you, what is something that you would have, a concern that you would have that you would like us to pray with you about? And they said to us, they said their biggest concern at that point of their life, they're 14 years old, their biggest concern was that they could get enough money to continue their education. They were at a point in their schooling when if they were to continue, they had to come up with enough money so that they could go to a school. And uh, it, you know, it made me appreciate the education that we have in Canada, the opportunities we have. As we walked around the rural areas, we encountered many people who, if they were in Canada, they'd be in hospital. But they don't have access to the health care that we have in Kenya. And it made me appreciate the health care that we had in Kenya, in Canada. Um, this was the uh, pastor that I, I was partnered with. And uh, the two gentlemen on the outside are the two sons of Ed DeVries. And Ed DeVries is six foot eight, and his sons were both six foot six, six foot seven. And uh, the gentleman, the pastor that we were working with, he was a big man too. But uh, the beauty of this trip to Kenya was that we partnered with 100 churches. We partnered with 100 churches, and that was organized by a ministerial association in Kenya. And any time we went out, we always had representatives from the Kenya church with us so that as we encountered people, uh, we witnessed to them, we shared with them, and thousands, thousands either renewed their commitment to Christ or gave their life to the Lord for the first time and prayed the sinner's prayer. And we knew that we would only encounter them once, but beside us was a representative from the local church and we would take their information, and we knew that the local church would follow up any encounters we had with any people. 
And uh, that's something the Gideons are working very hard to do, partnering with Christian organizations in Canada and around the world. Because if we work as a team, our successes are much greater. So when we left Kenya, we knew that the thousands of people we had contacted, that there would be follow-up with them by the local church. Uh, motorcycles are a common mode of transport. We met many people in motorcycles. Uh, Kenya has a very large percentage of their population being young people. And that's going to be a huge challenge for the country of Kenya because they're going to have to find employment for these young people. And uh, the young people were just fascinated by these white-skinned people. And we had a lot of really positive encounters with young people. Um, some of our ministry took us to the schools of Kenya. And this was one of the schools in the rural area. This would be a very typical classroom. Uh, they called the students together. And in their schools, even in the poor areas of Kenya, they wore uniforms. And when the bell rang to call them together for assembly, kids came from everywhere. There were little buildings all over the place, and it was just, all of a sudden, hundreds of kids just appeared. And, uh... That was a greeting that they sang to us. And we had the pleasure to individually hand out. And we had our whole team there. All 27 of us were there. We had the pleasure. Uh, we each stood in an area, and the kids would line up to give them the Hope magazine. And uh, as I said, there's a real need for scriptures in Kenya. And uh, the Hope magazine is the book of John, and the Psalms, uh, and uh, with beautiful African pictures in it. We, it was a Hope magazine that was designed for the people of Kenya. So all the pictures in there were their culture. Uh, it wasn't pictures of North American scenes, it was pictures of lions and giraffes. And uh, so we had the privilege to distribute those Hope magazines to those beautiful children. You'll notice a blonde-haired girl. Uh, Amy was the youngest member on our team. She was 24 years old, and she was taking video of our trip to Kenya. And she has blonde hair. She was surrounded by kids who wanted to stroke her blonde hair. <laughs> and uh, this is Amy amongst the uh, beautiful Ch Kenya children. This was the gentleman that organized the partnership with the churches of Kenya. And actually, we were ministering in the area that he grew up in. And his parents initially worshipped witchcraft. And they were converted to Christianity. The village was converted to Christianity. So we had the privilege to come to his home community and hand out Hope magazines and visit the children. The children we just saw were in the area that he grew up in. And... Uh, a very moving story about how a family was won over from witchcraft to Christianity 
And he actually served as a pastor in the United States, but he's gone back to Kenya to continue his ministry in Kenya. Uh, this is another school we went to. At that school, it tells you a bit about the Kenya people. We got delayed. We got delayed. We were actually three hours behind schedule before we got to the school. And they had invited the parents to come for the distribution. And when we got there, the parents had been waiting patiently for three hours uh, for us to come. I don't think we're as patient in North America. But uh, it was nice to have the parents there so we could give to the young people, but we could also give to the parents that showed up. Uh, the uh, black lady that's there, her and I partnered. She, she's from Edmonton. She's originally from Nigeria, and she lives in Edmonton. And we were partnered up, and we were going out to the rural areas. We were going from farm to farm. And this would be one of our encounters. Uh, with the family and the farm. And actually, it was the grandparents who had the grandchildren at this loca lo location. That is a typical little cookhouse that they had in the rural areas. They would do all their cooking in that building there. That is uh, my partner praying with a young girl. And once again, a very touching story. This is a girl, 13 or 14 years old, and uh, we shared our faith with her. We took her to the back of the Hope magazine where it goes through the steps to salvation and the sinner's prayer. And she is praying the sinner's prayer right there and giving her life to Jesus for the first time. And we had so many encounters like that. The people of Kenya were so open to hearing the story of Jesus and salvation. Uh, much more open than you would ever find people in Canada. Uh, most people wanted to hear, wanted to hear us share our faith. Uh, this is a typical washroom in Kenya, a little hole in the ground. Uh, that would be a very typical washroom. Uh, we had a couple of recreational events. One of them was we went in a safari just outside of Nairobi. And uh, this is our experience in the safari. We saw baboons. We saw white rhinos. Giraffes. We actually got into kind of a pod of giraffes. There were about six of them all around us. We actually saw one line, but it was a long ways off. Let's get another picture of a giraffe, the savanna, more white rhinos. Uh, the second week of our ministry, we were in the capital city, Nairobi. And it's a very modern, big city. And uh, the gentleman that is on the left was partnered with me. And uh, he was a real evangelist. We had tremendous success, and it wasn't because of me. It was him. 
I mean, he, he was quite uh, encouraging and quite insistent that they say the sinner's prayer. Whoops. Uh, this is myself encountering some of the people of Kenya. Uh, this was the second Sunday. This is the church that I was in. And these are some of the ladies that uh, were in the church. Uh, this is a typical little vendor in the streets of Kenya. Uh, small little booths of all sorts of different things. This was a, a, a fruit vendor, a fruit vegetable vendor. And so many of their businesses are like that. There's just little stands lined up down the street. Sharing again in, in downtown Nairobi. Uh, we went to the Maasai Market. That was quite an experience. Uh, we went to a big church, a big school in Kenya. This is a big, big school. And uh, little wealthier families here than in the rural areas. This is a class saying First Corinthians 13 by memory. But the church still plays a large role in their schools. Uh, one of our entertainment nights was we went to a, a restaurant, a safari restaurant, and uh, they had many different types of meat. Uh, I felt a little guilty because at, at the safari the day before, uh, I'd seen, uh, seen uh, ostriches, and I'd never seen an ostrich in, in, in real. Well, when we went to this restaurant, one of the meats was ostrich. And I actually felt a little guilty eating it uh, after seeing an ostrich. But uh, this was the, the group that put on the performance. Uh, just a tremendous show. Uh, very athletic. Uh, a lot of gymnastics involved. Uh, was a tremendous, tremendous show. The Miracle Driver. Driving in Kenya is something else. You have to see it to believe it. And uh, I, I, I said to the, this gentleman, I said, you know something, every time I ride with you, miracles happen. How you can get us from place to place to place. And the final church service, a small little church in Nairobi, Kenya. This is the start of the service. Uh, a lot of empty seats. As the service went on, it got fuller and fuller. And uh, there is a picture of Ed and his three sons. And I said to Ed, I said, you know, Ed, you must feel very blessed that you could come on a trip like this with your three sons. And he said, yes, I do feel very blessed. Uh, we had our debriefing at the end. We got together with many of the pastors we had worked with. Oh, that's right.
um, that's sort of the highlights of our trip to Kenya. I, I just might like to make a couple of points. Firstly, uh, my wife talked about the generosity of the Clarny Mennonite Church. And you are one of our global church partners, and we greatly appreciate that. Because the funds for the Hope magazine came from generous contributions like this church makes and the support of the ministry. All 27 of our team, we paid our own expenses. We paid our own expenses. Um, we covered all our costs for the trip to Kenya. And uh, so to me, uh, it was a privilege to be able to contribute. And then we can go there and say that the monies that you give went towards scriptures that we gave out on your behalf, covering our own costs. And I, to me, that's, that's a great thing. And um, it, it was a tremendous experience. I came back more of an evangelist than I'd ever been in my life. And I know just recently we, we had the privilege to go to a function in Brandon in Princess Park and hand out scriptures uh, like we did in Kenya. And I'd never done that before. I'd never done that before. But uh, Gideon's is trying to become more of an evangelistic organization, encouraging members to get out and witness and hand out the word of God in the streets. Uh, and, and I strongly support that that uh, we talked about shallow Christianity in Kenya. Uh, I would say the Christian church is putting the Canadian Christian church to shame. Uh, that we could learn from the Kenyans uh, to get out there and reach out to the population of Canada. Because we know Canada is becoming more and more secular. And our education systems, uh, so many of our institutions are pulling away from the church, our political institutions pulling away from the church. And um, the fields are white under harvest in Canada, as we know. There's a great need for the gospel in Canada and a return to our Christian roots. And uh, just to wind up, I'd like to share one little story with you. Um, there was a violinist in Europe, a famous violinist who was putting on a concert in Europe. And uh, his music was just beautiful. And people were just entranced by the beauty of his playing. And at the end of the concert, as he walked off the stage, the people erupted in praise and stood up and gave him a standing ovation. And he came back and he performed another song. And this song was played more beautifully than any of the other music he had played. And once again, at the end of the song, the people just erupted. In, in praise and, and, and thunderous applause, he walked off, and they continued to applaud and clap and scream. They so appreciated his music. He came back, and he did another encore performance. And that went on for three more songs. He'd finish, he'd come off, they'd continue to applaud, he'd come back. Five times he came and did an encore performance. And at the end of the performance, the people were just entranced with the beauty of his music. Uh, he went to his changing room, and there were some reporters there. And they went to his room to interview him. And one of the reporters asked him, he said, how come you kept coming back to do an encore performance? You know, one would have been enough. The people loved your music. 
And the musician looked at the reporter and said, well, at the end of the concert, I looked down and I saw that my master, the person that had taught me, he didn't stand and applaud. He just sat there. Everybody else stood and was giving me a standing ovation, but my master didn't stand. So I went off and I returned again. And after the second and the third and the fourth performance, my master just sat there. He wasn't applauding. But after the fifth performance, everybody else stood and was giving me that beautiful ovation. My master stood with them, and he applauded. I then knew that I had achieved the success I wanted to achieve. I had pleased my teacher, my master. And I thought that's a beautiful story because that's what we need to do with Jesus. That's what we need to do. We should be Everything we should do in life should be, be to please Jesus, our Master. And we shouldn't rest until we're confident that Jesus is pleased with our performance, how we're conducting our life. So I just share that with you, and I hope that encourages you and I. Everything we do, are we pleasing Jesus? Is it bringing satisfaction to him? Would he stand and applaud us? how we're leading our lives. And uh, I thank you for the opportunity to come and share with you. I hope that uh, we've inspired you to get out and share God's word in your community. Uh, and uh, thank you very much.